there. Welcome once again to Following the Truth. My name is Gary Zimak. Today is Wednesday. It is August the 11th. And, uh, you know, for today's message, as we are two days after we completed Give Up Worry for Good, the eight-week program, I'm still trying to let the Spirit lead me as as to where we go. And and I I think we're going to be pretty much staying on the same course, um, focusing on how the Lord can help us in our daily lives. I think that's the message I I really want to deliver to you every day. And, and, And I'm going to have a, I don't know if you'd call it simplistic, but I think simplistic is a good word. I have a very simplistic message for you today. And it's really directed to anyone who feels alone, who feels that you're all by yourself dealing with your problems, you're all, you're in over your head, you don't have what it takes to get the job done, and let's face it, the job of life can be very challenging, very difficult, very overwhelming, and I really believe that God allows it to be that way sometimes, so we do turn to Him for help, but but that's who I'm going to direct the message to this day. I'm going to read from the gospel from today's daily mass. It is um, this particular gospel. It's from Matthew's gospel. It is a more or less a, a frequently cited gospel, especially the, the the verse that I'm going to focus on. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then I'm going to key in on on the point that I want to make. But I, I just want you to know before I before I go into the details, and we'll just we'll just spend the show chatting about it. I just want you to you to know you're not alone. You may feel like you're alone. You may feel like your problems are unsolvable. You may feel like you'll never get peace again. You may feel a lot of things. But I want to make sure that we separate the feeling from the facts. I think the it's important in life that we concentrate on facts over feelings because feelings sometimes are deceptive. Sometimes feelings don't represent reality. I'll be totally honest with you. And uh, so let's chat about that today. I hope you settle in. I hope you can relax. The, this chair, as you know, I got this chair in right in front of me here. It's it's reserved for you. So uh, I would urge you to have a seat, get comfortable. And let's turn to our Father in Heaven right now. Let's talk to him a little bit, okay? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Father in Heaven, It's always good that we get to spend some time with you. Thank you for being here for us. Thank you for always being available. Thank you, Father, for creating us and allowing us to be adopted as your sons and your daughters. Father, we thank you for providing for all of our needs from the moment we were first conceived right up until the present time. Father, thank you for all the joy, all the happiness that we've experienced over the years. We realize that it all comes from you. Father, thank you through the use of technology for allowing us to spend this time together. And Father, I ask you to watch over us, our friends, our families, and all who have asked for our prayers. Finally, Father in heaven, I ask you to send your spirit down on me today. Send your spirit and give me the words that you would like me to deliver on the show. 
and open all of our minds and all of our hearts so that we are receptive to your message and willing to put it into practice. And Father, we ask these things with confidence in the name above all names, the name of Jesus, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for praying with me. Again, my name is Gary Zimak. Today is Wednesday. It is August the 11th. It's great to be with you here on the program. Today, we're going to be talking about the fact that we are never alone. I know it's a popular message. I know it's a, um, if we're not careful, it becomes almost a fluffy message, you know. You are not alone. You're never alone. And sometimes you might say, well, I, I am alone. I got nobody here get nobody to help me it feels like I'm alone so let's we, I, I really I really believe we need to unpack that message today and um, and I'll offer my evidence that we are never alone I think it's a simple message but one that is so easily overlooked and that's why we allow ourselves to become overwhelmed and we become stressed out and we give in to worry because we think we can't handle what we've been asked to handle, right? And there's nobody there to help us. That's, that's the feeling. And again, we'll look at feelings versus facts. Hey, if you would like to find out more information about my work, please visit my website, followingthetruth.com. But also, I want to make you aware of a couple of really cool things. The first one being, if you are on the Dynamic Catholic mailing list and you receive Matthew Kelly's daily... Um, email messages. For the past few days, he has been sharing, or Dynamic Catholic has been sharing excerpts from my book, the book that I wrote for them, Stop Worrying and Start Living. And, I, and I'm really grateful that they're doing that. But what what I didn't realize, and I think this is, um, I think this is a, a really cool thing. They are now offering over at Dynamic Catholic a 33% discount on on Stop Worrying and Start Living, which is a really good deal. So if you are interested, uh, you know, now that I think about it, it's the only hardback book that I've ever written, but it's a it's the only 365-day uh, daily devotional that I've ever written also. So for a couple of reasons, it's a, it's a really cool book. 33% off through August the 17th. So you've got six more days that they're offering this discount. What you, get, what you need to do is, if you got my daily email reflection today, let not your heart be troubled. I put a link to it there. But you can also just go to dynamiccatholic.com and do a search for Stop Worrying and Start Living. It's 33% off the, the list price, and it's also free shipping. So it's really a good deal. So if you want to get one or if you want to maybe get a copy for someone you know, someone who might be struggling, who needs a little bit of peace each day, Check out dynamiccatholic.com for more information. The other piece of news, it's sort of like just a, just a heads up that this is going to be coming your way, is my latest, my next book. It's called Journey with God, Finding Peace and Happiness. Uh, that book's going to be coming out. It is from the Word Among Us Press, and it's going to be coming out sometime in mid to late September. So stay tuned for more information on that. I I put a link to that in yesterday's daily email reflection. 
and I'll probably put a link on my website very soon. But for right now, if you are interested, um, the best thing I could tell you is to go to Amazon and you can pre-order a copy of my latest book, my next book, Journey with God. And the book is all about knowing, loving, serving God. How, we, how do we put that pra- into practice? What does that look like? And I, I think, it, and I really prayed a lot about this book, and I'm, I was thrilled to be able to write it. It I, I tried to give as practical uh, a set of guidance as I, as I could come with, up with. So stay tuned for that. And again, that's going to be out, I would say, sometime between mid to late September of this year. So just maybe a little over a month, the book will be available. Um, and as always, if you have any questions, you can email me at gary at followingthetruth.com. I want to also, before we get into what I want to talk about today, I want to thank you for your donations. Uh, I have been asking on the on this podcast, on my weekly podcast, as well as my daily email reflection, for a little help to make it through the summer because the summer has been very difficult. Uh, there's no speaking opportunities, and even now, I'm not. I, I have some scheduled, but we're going to have to see uh, how how we make out going forward. Churches are still reluctant. I'm finding to bring in speakers. So I, so I'm asking for help to sustain my ministry so that I can keep providing this podcast and, and my, my daily email uh, devotional and, uh, and everything else that I do. And I, so I want to thank you for your, your donations. And if you have not donated and you would like to, please visit followingthetruth.com and click on donate. And you can find out how you can do that securely through PayPal. All right. So I got all the business out of the way. You know, every now and then, I, I like these simple messages, and I like to be able to not rush through them. The message today is Jesus is with us. That's the message. Big deal, Gary, right? We all know that. He said it a bazillion times. We, we see God the Father mentioning that throughout scriptures, throughout the Old Testament, I should say, throughout the New Testament. Jesus is saying, I'm here for you. I'm going to be here. I'm not going anywhere. But yet that simple message is one that gets lost on us when we get blindsided with that our daily problems. We, we it, It's so easy to forget that message. I, I want to read the gospel from today's Daily Mass. And, you know, as I said at the, at the start of the show, now that we're out of the structure of give up, worry for good, I'm kind of free-forming a little bit, like we, like we used to before we, we launched into the eight-week program. And I'm asking the Spirit to lead me. Right now, I've been I've been looking at the daily mass readings and trying to find something to something to highlight from the daily mass readings. And this this message jumped out at me. Let me just read the gospel, and then we'll we'll talk more about what I want to extract from the gospel. This gospel is an easy one to get sidetracked on. You can get stuck in the weeds on this gospel, but I don't want to do that today. I, I want to really simplify it. And, and, and pull out a basic core message that applies to every one of us. The gospel is from Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have one over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. 
If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen. I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Again, amen. I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, you've heard this passage before. I'm sure you've heard it before. A lot going on in here. There's, uh, I think, plenty to get, plenty of um, material here to get bogged down with. So I'm going to reduce it to a very simple message. What's happening here is obviously Jesus is pointing to the authority of the church, the necessity of us worshiping him in a church. You know, we are not called to be on an island worshiping Jesus. Yes, we have to have a personal relationship with him. But that personal relationship is found primarily through the church. There's got to be a church surrounding us. You know, it doesn't mean we don't pray alone, but we also need to gather together under the authority of the church. He speaks to us through his church. Jesus is also laying out some rules for dealing with disagreements. Um, he talks about if your brother sins against you, here's the approach you should take. And that's that's based on the practices of his time. But I, but here's the here's the problem. We could we could sometimes get really um, bogged down with this message. When Jesus says, "Amen, I, amen," I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. That doesn't mean you know. This is one of those that honestly, common sense tells us this isn't a carte blanche. If two if two people get together and pray that the Lord will grant them success in robbing a bank, that it's going to happen. I mean, we've we, we got to treat the Bible as a whole. And there, there are plenty of other instances where we're told that sometimes our Heavenly Father is going to say no to us. Asking in Jesus' name implies that we are asking for something that Jesus would want us to ask for, right? I mean, that's—so so we have to consider that. The other thing is this very last line or this very last verse, and this is what I highlighted on my email reflection today. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, what this this does not mean that if there are not two or three, you got one and a half people, or not one and a half, but if you got one person, or if you have five people gathered in the name of Jesus, it's not like we're out of the, the limits here. You know, it's got to be two or three. That's it. And you, believe it or not, I had somebody when, when I was leading a Bible study several years ago at my parish. I had somebody say, well, what if it's more than two or three? Or what if it's just one? Is that not enough? Does that mean Jesus is not with us? Now, I, I mean, I get where that question is from in, coming from, but I, I think that's um, that's reading too much into it or or you know, being a little too specific with what the Lord is saying. Obviously, if you or I turn to him in prayer tonight, he's going to be with us. He's never going to not be there for us. So when Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, he's saying, I'm going to be there. If, if people gather in my name, 
then I will be there with them. But what he's not saying is if it's more than two or three, or if it's less than two or three, then I will not be there. You see that? He's giving an example. He's not saying, well, if this requirement is met, I will not be there. He didn't say that. He said, if two or three are gathered, if a group of people are gathered in my name, such as a prayer meeting, such as at Mass, you know, Bible study, gathering in the name of Jesus, he will be there. And I think that's the message that I want to, at least the message I feel the Holy Spirit giving me today. And, and again, I really believe that we can sometimes be overwhelmed with the details in the Bible and get so hung up on the details that we miss maybe a very basic point that we can extract. What I got from this gospel today, when I meditated on it this morning, you know, I try to, I try to pray about it in the morning. I look at the gospel in the first reading and I pray over it and ask the Lord, Lord, what, what, do you, what, what are you giving me here? And what I got out of this was the Lord's presence, that he, he is always present with us. We got his real presence in the Eucharist, which is very powerful. So if you are able to go to daily Mass and receive him each day, or maybe a few extra days beside your Sunday Mass obligation, if you're able to pray before the Blessed Sacrament at an Adoration Chapel, this is powerful. This is the real Jesus. He is making himself present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. So that you've got that presence, which is really good. But you've also got the spiritual presence. So right now, I am sitting recording this program. You are listening to it. Wherever I am, well, I know where I am, I'm in my home. But wherever, wherever you are, Jesus is with you. And I know he's with me too. How do I access him? Well, I turn to him and I talk to him. And I ask for his help. I ask him for what I need. I ask him to strengthen me against all of the temptations that I face every day. And this message, as basic as it is, and I've talked about this before, this message is so easy to overlook, especially when you look at your computer. You know, before we started, I looked at my Facebook feed briefly, which I do from time to time. Or if you turn on TV, look on the internet, look around you, if you go to work, maybe look at the problems that are taking place in your house, whatever. There are many, many occasions for you to lose sight of the fact that Jesus is with you and that Jesus is actually bigger than your problems. It's very easy to lose sight of that fact. And, and when we look at a, a problem that we might be facing, maybe it has to do with employment, maybe it has to do with finances, maybe it has to do with a health issue, maybe it has, it's a marital problem, maybe it is a loneliness issue. Uh, you know, maybe it's a, it's a, any number of things. It's very easy to feel that the situation is hopeless, that it will never get better, and that because of whatever this problem is, if it never gets better, that I will never feel peace again, or I will never feel peace until this problem goes away. 
Now, all of those things are feelings. They're speculation, right? They're what ifs. What if this never goes away? What if I never feel better? What if I never sleep again at night because I have insomnia? What if, what if, what if? What if I lose my job? What if I come down with COVID? What, you know, we could go on and on. These what ifs technically are imaginary. They're not real. It doesn't mean you don't analyze a situation and every now and then go through a, a list of what ifs. And I'm going to give you a simple example. What if it rains today? It's cloudy out there. It's looking pretty dark. What if it rains? Well, I'm probably going to need an umbrella. So therefore, I'm going to be prepared and bring my umbrella just in case. That's a healthy use of the what if hypothesis. What if it rains? Or what if I'm going to work and I know it's always cold in there. What if I'm going to be chilly while I'm working? Well, maybe I need to bring a coat with me or a sweater, you know? That's using, examining the evidence and reacting in a positive way. On the other hand, if we look at a problem in our life, I'm looking for work. I've sent out 37 resumes. I got nothing but no answers and rejections. What if I never get a job again? That's not healthy. Can you see the difference? It's not healthy because, first of all, it's imaginary. What if I never get a job again? Now, there could there be occasions where you look at that, I've gotten all these rejections. Well, maybe I need to redo my resume. Maybe I, I need to think about other types of jobs. Maybe there's a reason I'm getting rejected. Maybe I should think about my interviewing skills. You know, so if you can't come up with a productive response to a what if, that's good. But to just sit there and say, what if this never turns around without turning to God and focusing on the what is, right? The what if without the what is. The what is, is that we've got a Lord and Savior. His name is Jesus who is always with us, who wants to help us, and who is bigger than any of our problems because he is all-powerful. That's the what is. Too much what if without looking at the what is is going to make you miserable. You're never going to be at peace because your feelings are dependent on your thoughts. You You can be in a really bad situation And you might not realize it, so you're not too stressed out about it. You know, and I'm trying to think of an example, but I I know this has happened to me. I probably should have an example, but I can't think of one right now. And maybe afterward, you look back and you say, wow, this was this was really bad. I should have really been freaked out about this, but I wasn't. So so really, our feelings result from our, our thoughts. If you're in a particular situation, maybe you're. Maybe you're driving through a somewhat shady area, high crime area, right? And um, you're not stressed out because you think your car's fine. That might be understandable. But what about if you knew that there was a problem with your car and it had a habit of conking out? What if you had a problem with your engine? 
and you knew there was a danger of your car stalling out. Then the facts, the facts that you know that there's a problem, an underlying problem with your car, and you are in a dangerous neighborhood, that's going to make you nervous. That's going to increase your fear. But if you think your car is bulletproof, it's fine, you might not be afraid. So, so really, our fear does come from our, our, our thought processes. The way I think is the way I feel. So part of what we did for the eight weeks of Give Up Worry for, for Good is to try to channel, our, to channel our thoughts by focusing on the power and the love of God. Because once we realize that he's all-powerful, once we realize that he's all-loving, once we realize that he's with us, then we begin to look at our problems differently. We look at the reality of the fact. And the reality of the fact is whatever your problem is, it's not bigger than God. It's not bigger than Jesus. And you are able to experience peace in the middle of whatever you're going through. But that takes practice. And it begins with recognizing what Jesus said. He's with us. So right now, and and I don't know where you are, but wherever you are as you listen to this, remind yourself of that fact. And once you recognize that Jesus is with you, talk to him. Is there something stressing you out? Talk to him about it. He cares, and he's all-powerful, and he's with you. So why not bring that problem to him instead of worrying about it? And again, this is such a simple message, isn't it? But it's one that I know I needed to hear today. I need to hear it every day, and I need to be reminded of the fact. When I'm having a really bad day and things are looking bleak, sometimes I just need to pause and say, yeah, but the Lord is with me. He can help me. And the mere fact that he doesn't appear to be doing anything or the fact that I don't feel his presence, it doesn't change the facts one bit. The fact is that he is with us and he wants to be with us and he wants to help us. So that's all I got for you today. Again, I told you it was a simple message, but I hope it brought you, I I, I hope that it brought you some hope. I used hope twice in the same sentence. I don't like that, but I hope you, (laughs) I'll say it again. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I um, let me know if you have any questions. Gary at following the truth is my email address. You know, sometimes it's the simplest messages that we need to hear. He's with you and he wants to help you. He can help you. Tell him what you need, okay? I look forward to being back with you here tomorrow on Following the Truth. I have you, hope you have yourself a fantastic night and I'll talk to you next time. But whatever you do, whatever you're facing, just remember what Jesus said. He's with us. He's with you. He can help you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.